There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hopper. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? It's the Diana Aftermath again in the history books. And, um... We're looking at, obviously, the, the aftermath, the societal effect of uh, Diana's death, death back in 1997. Um, we've got a couple of emails to read out as well. We'll do that a bit later on, I think. Um, where were we up to? I think we've we've done the morning bit, which was on the Wikipedia page, which is our source. We did the flowers... Um, which were five feet deep in places and it began to compost. Mm. Um, and then it, what funeral and burial is the next section. And um, it mentions Elton John, uh, who at the funeral, of course, performed a rewritten version of his song Candle in the Wind um, that was dedicated to her. It says, known as Goodbye England's Rose or Candle in the Wind, 1997. It went on to go on sale, obviously, as a single. It became the best-selling single since records began, and it sold over 33 million copies. I don't know if that's globally. It can't have been 33 million just in Britain, because that would That would have been one in be, every two people, including yeah, the children and the babies. Including the, ch- including the children. Don't yeah. bring the children into this. Children didn't buy that. God, I'm so glad I wasn't working in our price then. That mm. would have been just... Mummy, can I go to the shops to buy the Queen of Hearts record by <laughs> Sir Elton C- John? The CD single of the of dead lady. Of course you can, darling. Buy two. Here is a threepence for, to buy a copy for, my, for me as well. Don't <laughs> you already have three? <laughs> have you seen that, that footage woman, of me? what she did for this nation's heart. <laughs> we we <laughs> shall buy as many as they have in the whole shop. <laughs> we, shall, we shall decorate the parlour with them. <laughs> have you seen that footage though I think it's an HMV might be Oxford Street or something like that as, as it opens for business on the day the single goes on sale and people just race in and there's one woman who just gathers up uh, or as many copies as she can get in her arms not her hands, her arms she cradles them and oh, that thing. It, you, did you used to like carrying if you had to transfer a number of toys say Star Wars figures from one area of your house or bedroom to another, <laughs> would you like to get your T-shirt and pull it up in yeah. front of you and and create a sort of what I call a, a T-shirt pouch? Yeah, and, of course. And then I, I did that. I used that. Once I learned that mechanism, I can't remember who taught me it. Mm. I used it 
all the time throughout childhood. I love to use it. And in fact, it's so weird because I've only just thought of it for the first time in years now. <laughs> when you said how cradling shit in your house. I used to all the time have shit in my yeah. T-shirt walking around the house. I put food in it, I think. I wonder if you can use that now as an adult. Are there any circumstances where you can gather lots yeah. of things around? I don't know. I can't think of things. I can't think of lots of small objects that I'd need to carry around that would fit within a t-shirt pouch. Peanuts. Nah, put them in a bowl. <laughs> Come on. Are you really down on on plates and 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 bowls and that at the minute? I'm having you? a midlife crisis, mate. And how that crisis is manifesting itself is me just rejecting all of society's <laughs> fucking rules about how we house food. Yeah, I've had enough of it. Right, I just want. I don't feel that. I feel that crockery is a conspiracy yeah. by fucking uh, capitalism. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else mm-hmm. can we get them to spend their money on? Let's fucking just start creating things that we say we convince them through aggressive marketing. They have to eat their food off of in order Nearly to be civilized. Fuck yeah. that. Fucking hell, we evolved for millions of years without dinnerware. Now, suddenly, it's like, oh, you have to have a fucking plate. You have to have a bowl for your peanuts. Fuck that. I've got a perfectly good T-shirt pouch. Yeah. Well, I mentioned in that that episode yesterday, I think it was, about using a square of kitchen towel mm. as yeah. an a impromptu plate or a disposable really good for plate. Really that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, last night, I went to, took my daughter to uh, an open evening for Strathclyde University, which was in oh. Newcastle. Okay. The, the, the good people of Strathclyde University came to us to mm. try and entice her to go there next year. Uh, she's rejected it. It's it's not an option anymore. But as with most of these open evenings, there was free drinks and there was biscuits. And the I'm going to start going to them just yeah, without any intention of signing up. It's tricky. They need your name when you go in. That's you've all right. Got, you, you've got to book. I'll a say ticket. I want to Wait. apply to do a degree as a mature student. No, you have to apply previously. You have to apply, give your name on the door right. and go in. Well, next October, I'm going to fucking apply for all of the best universities. In fact, yesterday, I actually saw a university that I'd not really heard of. And it, it, I liked it so much. I was driving along with my wife and I said, I'm going to fucking apply to that place and try and do a degree. This is, right. this is the thing. This is what I've been doing. I've been going to all of these yeah. open dates. And I, each one of them, I'm like, oh, I of really course. want to go to university. Yeah, go to university, do a degree. It'd be, it's a better way to spend your time than, like, fucking working, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I waste. Yeah, I, I did all right. I got a 2-1 in my degree. But really, you know, like most people, I wasn't making a big effort. You saw yeah. what you did was you fitted it in. You fitted your studies and working around the other shit. Around your right? social life, yeah. And whereas now, if I did a degree now, I'd actually be super interested in, in the subject. A, I would become a man of learning. I would, academic. yeah. I would wear tweed the lot. That's how I like to imagine it. Like I'd be yeah. wearing tweed all the time. I've thought and, this um, as well, but you know what? You know what? You'd be three weeks in, you'd be going, I don't fucking need to do this. What the fuck have I signed up for this, this for? This is boring. Yeah. yeah you might think sick. this is boring, but maybe not. I mean, my brother did a, a, law, a law degree with the um, Open University. Oh, yeah. But for me, nah, Open University is not as good. You want I want to turn up and hang around in the quad. What, young people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the quad. <laughs> the quad. There was there was mature students in one of my classes when I was at university, and it was um, three middle aged women. So there right. was this class of just like you know 
fucking reprobate, layabout, slob, dickhead mm. fucking students like me and my mates, and then uh, who, who just were, were turning up hungover and just being cunts, basically. Mm. You know, not not uh, flagrantly not taking it seriously. And then there was these three mature students who were, like, really keen. Because, of course, you wouldn't yeah. sign up to it unless you were fucking keen, right? Of course. And they were, they were nice. They were, I mean, I say middle-aged. I look back, they were probably younger than I am now. But they seemed to us like basically borderline old women. Yeah. But I'll always remember them. Because one of the things was they're extremely keen. So the fucking tutor goes, so uh, who thinks this? Like, we'd all be sitting there thinking, don't fucking ask me, cunt. I'm off my fucking tits from last night still. I'm only here so I don't get fucking sent down or whatever you call it. <laughs> right? Whereas they'd be like, oh, yes, I was reading it from the reading list the other day. And you'd be like rolling your eyes thinking, fucking wankers making us look shit. Why are they taking it so seriously? Yeah. Um, but of course, you look back and you think we were the cunts. They were... Yeah, it was the, people. It, it was it was the same when I was at Sunderland Polytechnic. There was two in our group, and they were the mature students, and they sat at the front of every lecture, yeah. and they had loads of questions, and you just thought, oh, "Fuck off, swats." Yeah, yeah, swats. <laughs> but of course, they were there for the right reasons. We yeah. were there for the wrong reasons. But these women, the reason I remember them was they were called Pam, Anne, and Anne. <laughs> and they were a little trio and sometimes they would come to the part like we'd obviously finish and then just go straight next door to the fucking bar to try and drink away the pain <laughs> oh fucking hell that's an hour of my life I'll never get back I better get I better get some fucking hooch down my throat pronto right and they're coming and go oh hello and you'd go oh no Pam Ann and Anne are going to come and talk to us and they'll want to talk about the course so what elements of the reading list are you enjoying most <laughs> oh fuck off Pam Ann and Anne <laughs> oh, remember this was in the fucking the, the height of Euro 96 as of well this is, the last thing I needed was to chat to Pam Ann and Anne about the reading but list reading. but they wouldn't fucking leave me alone I'll um, tell you what I'm reading I'm reading fucking loaded what about you yeah, I got Kathy Lloyd in there. Uh, you see the, what the pictures of fucking Liz Early? She's probably had her fanny out. <laughs> what is loaded? I don't remember that on the reading list. <laughs> fucking brilliant, mate. Um, and we also had, there was a sort of a younger mature student who was probably about 30, but again, I regarded him as an old man who actually lived in my, on in the first year when I lived on campus, you know, in oh. our... What yeah. would you call it? No, it was fucking brilliant living on campus, mate. I loved it. Yeah, it but, was I like mean, Butlins. But, but for a thirty-year-old to be doing that—that's no. That's but listen, flag. mate. I thought he's a bit weird. He was sort of slightly posh, but in a kind of a a wasted sort of a way, you know. Like, oh, oh, hi, man, like that sort of <laughs> thing. Always like I'm shaved, a bit scruffy, a bit posh. His name was Anthony, right? And so slowly, we we became extremely curious about him because he was eccentric. So yeah. we we wanted to find out more. And slowly but surely we found out that basically he'd been a city boy, right? Oh, right. And he'd, he'd burnt out. And we were fucking loving this, right? He'd been a city right. boy. He'd got really rich. And then he'd burnt out on mm. drugs and drink, mm. like so many of them do. And finally got his fucking marching orders and had gone from driving around in a Porsche to suddenly being flat broke on his fucking ass, right? Fucking and up. then he'd slowly rebuilt his sanity and thought, fuck it, I'm going to go to university. Mm. So he'd come to university and was trying to live clean, but he was living with a bunch of kids who were like 19, 20 in these fucking digs on a university campus. And, and we were devoting all of our time to getting smashed. Hedonism. 
and it was really difficult for him. And sometimes we'd feel bad. We'd go, oh, do you want to do you want to on this? And he'd go, no, no, I, I better not. I can't go back down that road. And we kept saying, well, the, he's made a fucking terrible error here. He thinks that the way to rebuild his life was to come to university as an actual fucking living full-time student. But this is the worst thing he could do. Yeah. Oh, God. And then one night he fucking said, we were like just... Just talking shit like up late one night and he's come in late and he was he had mysterious sort of um movements you know the way he kind of came in and out at strange hours and we'd never seen him have a drink or anything like that and he overheard us while he was in the kitchen he overheard me and a mate saying we were just being dickheads but we were talking about trying to buy crack right we we weren't really going to buy any crack, but we were just like wondering what it was like. Neither of us had tried crack, and we were like um, sort of joking, going, "I wonder," because we were in Sussex University, so Brighton was new. So I go, "I wonder how easy it is to buy crack in Brighton." And he just suddenly comes home and goes, "Guys, guys, it's like two in the morning." I go, yeah, I go here. Uh, couldn't help but over here, you're thinking about buying some crack. And I go, "Well, yeah, kind of." And he goes, "There's a great estate in Rottingdean." Right, which was like a nearby town. He goes, we can get a taxi there now. I know the guys. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell, mate. I thought you were here on some sort of rehab fucking oh, setup, shit. you mad cunt. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not getting in a cab to Rotten Dean to buy crack with you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> did, did I was I terrified. Think- did he complete the course or did he drift away? I don't know. I never crack? saw him again after the first year because after the first um, year you move away into the town. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? We're, I didn't really... Campus. He wasn't on the same course as me. So yeah. I, I didn't often... Oh, right. I didn't encounter him. I don't know. He could be dead now. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, so... Uh, but... What, yeah, so I went to this one for, for Strathclyde and um, I, there was free coffee and um, free cookies and the cookies were massive. They were Ooh. like the ones that you get in, like Millie's cookies, you know, proper cookies. Oh, yeah. Big fuckers. So uh, as a nod to, to the episode that we'd done, I took a napkin and I ate it over a napkin. Yeah, yeah. Um, there weren't many... I'll just say there weren't many crumbs. I Yeah, but they might have been looking at you going, you know, mm, I'm not too sure about that girl there. I mean, her results are good and she seems nice, but... Mm. Her dad spent the whole night scoffing cookies over a napkin. He didn't even pick up a plate. I'm not sure if that's the type of person no, we no, want. No, there weren't any plates. That's the thing. There weren't any plates. So, so the napkin was at the top of the, uh, let's say, dinnerware hierarchy. There was mm. no oh. crockery. So it was that or it just was, freestyle on air? It was napkin on out. So I went napkin. for napkin. <laughs> that's what they said. She go in, help yourself to cookies, napkin on out. <laughs> and you picked but, up a napkin they went oh fancy oh they were look great cookies there were white, white chocolate lumps in them oh, oh, I only had one though I'm trying to watch my figure oh god I ate so much pudding yesterday it was my wife's birthday I ate so much fucking well, got pudding to, throughout the day it fucking yeah, got to. I woke up in the night consumed by pudding guilt yeah yeah there's nothing you can but, do is you there know, you just got to move on you can't put it back no, you once can't. It's your pudding. You've pudding. It's in there now. It's in my guts. Yeah, of course I'll it just is. have to fucking try and run it off. <laughs> Some hope. Um. Anyway, we 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 yeah. Everyone bought a candle in the wind, and like I say, there's that footage of them fucking marauding 
their way into HMV and just grabbing as many copies as they can, as if they were going to run out or something. Mad. Did you um, hear? I'm just looking um, through, like, in obviously me, the Elton John autobiography, uh, named by this podcast, and I haven't changed my position on this as the greatest book ever written. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that remains the top flight time Take, machine official the, uh, line. Yeah, taking the, the title from the Bible. Yeah, oh, wait, it, we we it, haven't done a deep dive yet. Why have we not done we, a deep people dive? People think we've deep dived it, but have we, we haven't. We just we just brushed over it, didn't we? I don't think we deep dived it anyway. But no, we, we just no, but we just no. talked about it a lot. because oh. it was well, it, it, word, word got back to Elton that we were so enthusiastic about oh, it. So yeah. I don't think we, we yeah. didn't go any further just in case. Yeah. We, because we thought him might, because we, we were doing an impression of him, yeah, and we were told by sources close to him that while he would appreciate our love of his book, he really hates the, an impression where people do a sort of a camp voice of him like that. <laughs> and um, so then it there was it became, we we were on dodgy ground. We felt yeah. we were, we really felt we were on dodgy ground, and the last thing we wanted yeah. to do was upset Sir Elton, so yeah. we backed off. That's true. But I've, I can sense, that, as I say this, I can sense that we are going to start doing impressions right, of Elton John at any inevitable. moment now. It, it, yeah. It's inevitable at some point, yeah. Of course In is. this episode. So let's hope that he's not listening. Jalapeño. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Jalapeño. Basically, in the book, what he wrote was... <laughs> the I'm not going to do the impression at this point. Okay. This is just what it says in the book. The funeral version of Candle in the Wind became the biggest selling single since the charts began. His words, right? <laughs> I that would have there sounded was... better in the voice, to be fair, Sam. Yeah, never... I'm going to do it. I can't resist. The funeral version of Candle in the Wind became the biggest selling single since the charts began. <laughs> but then he says this. There was part of me that couldn't understand why anyone would want to listen to it. <laughs> Under what circumstances would you play it? I never did. I listened back to it once at the studio to OK the mix, and that was it. Yeah. Never again. Um, Fair enough. 
So he's like, what the fuck? Why is it? He's basically saying 33 million silly cunts bought this record that I made. <laughs> Why would you I didn't even, yeah. I couldn't even be bothered writing a fucking fresh one. We just pulled one out of the fucking archive and said, change some of the words. We'll knock that out. We haven't got much time. I didn't even do anything. Bernie changed all the words. I did fuck all. Bernie, it's Dwight. Have you heard? The princess has perished in a tunnel in Paris. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did hear that, actually, uh, Dwight. Yeah, well, anyway, I reckon we can make a few quid out of this. <laughs> <laughs> so what I want you to do is dig something out of the archive, yeah, and change it to be about Diana. I don't know, something like Penny in the Jets. Make it Diana in the Jets. I don't fucking maybe, care. Maybe do, maybe do Rocket Man about her going to heaven or something like that. Though I'm still standing... But change it to that, I'm not standing. I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, they just fucking knocked it out dead quick. And I, I genuinely, not even, I'm not even joking, I did always think that it was a bit disrespectful for them to take a song that was written about Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Because this is, someone's died, someone's got a life, everyone's got a unique life. Mm. A, a time of mourning, you want to reflect upon what made them special and unique, right? Yeah. And that's the same for everyone. You don't have to be Marilyn Monroe or, or Lady Di. I think there is something deeply insincere and impersonal yeah. about taking a song that was written about someone completely different and, and changing just changing a, a couple yeah. of words. Because, like, by definition, you're going, oh, it complies to everyone. Because what that does is that sullies the memory of both Marilyn Monroe and Lady Di. Yeah. Because it's saying... All these sentiments are interchangeable. Yeah. So they both they, lived their life like a candle in the wind, they did they? They blonde women. What's the difference? Yeah. They both lived their life like candles in the wind. That's what you're saying. Yeah. What's that mean? Well, you know, a candle in the wind, the flame's fucking blowing, and you never know, it could go out any fucking second, couldn't it? Well, you're on a knife thought, edge. We never thought that Diana's flame was going to go out, and to be fair, neither did she. Marilyn Monroe was a troubled woman. And she, yeah, but you even know, then, back then, do you think people what? sat around going, she'll probably die soon? Dude, Diana. Yeah. Yeah, no one no, thought No, not that, Diana, Marilyn. Yeah, they thought that was Marilyn. Oh, because they knew she they? was, like, they well, knew no, she was bananas at the time. It, it was all kept sort of under wraps, but she was, she was on That's what I thought. drugs yeah, I, and stuff, and she was yeah, messing yeah. with the Kennedys and everything, so... It wasn't like, know. you know... I guess some celebrities, though, I won't name names, but you sort of think, oh, yeah, they're dead, are they? Well, they had a troubled life. Yeah, Glory Hunterford Glory Hunterford passed tomorrow. You'd think, well, yeah, <laughs> too much saw that cock. coming. <laughs> Randy old goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she lived a great life, I suppose. So, yeah, that's that's um, uh, Glory's going to go on forever. Uh, but you know, yeah, I just sort of think candling the wind. But anyway, I was reading about how um, old Bernie Torpin came up with the lyrics because he originally wrote in the early 70s about right. Marilyn Monroe, 11 years after she died, which, again, I sort of think, 11 years later? It's not even to mark mm. an anniversary. It's going, uh, so what? I'm Elton, Dwight, it's me. I think, I think I might write our next song about Marilyn Monroe. What? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> She's dead. I don't know. It's just come to me. And in an interview, he goes... Uh, people always think that I wrote... This is um, Bernie Taupin. People think that I wrote it because I was a fanatic of Marilyn. He went, not in the least. Quite the opposite. I wasn't interested in her at all. I just thought it was someone to apply a, a, an idea about what it's like to 
live uh, a famous life and then die young. Right. And so I wrote, it goes, it could have just as easily been about James Dean or Sylvia Plath. That's what he said. Yeah. Fucking hell. Ooh. No one's going to buy a pop record about Sylvia Plath fucking Sick. topping herself. <laughs> right. Anyway. <laughs> and, and so like they go, he goes, like Elton John's gone, what, what are you, you going to write about her for? He goes, I don't know. I just thought I would. So it could and, do. The, <laughs> and the phrase, candle in the wind, that's nicked off of oh. fucking, what's the name? Um, Oh, uh, you know, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? No, not her. You know, from the 60s who died young. No, 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 no. Uh, Not Joni Mitchell. She's a 60s iconic female singer-songwriter who died very young. Oh, yeah, I can't remember her name. Yeah, the one that you shouted a lot. Yeah. Anyway, he got the (laughs) lyric off of her. (laughs) <laughs> oh man I'm looking for it now 60s singer yeah, she's really famous I can't believe it. this is my fucking nut I found yeah, out I'm looking at about... a picture of her now since we last fucking... spoke I've I've found out um, some information about what the matter with my brain is oh you found out why about why I can't remember anything yeah you found out why it is it's sleep apnea yeah, but you, you said that you thought you had that. Oh, yeah, I said that. Oh, no, that was it. So what happened is, right, shout out to my mate, Cancer Paul. Cancer Paul is a listener to yeah. the show who I got to know because he got in touch last can, year and can, can, I, I had him on the reset. Before yeah, people what? start emailing in, can I just say Janice Joplin? Janice Joplin! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, this is it, right? So Cancer Paul gets in touch yeah. and goes, look, mate, I heard you on the podcast. Sleep apnea is no fucking joke. It means you're not breathing properly and your heart can skip a beat in your sleep and it can lead to quite bad problems. So you want to get that checked out. So right. this is it, right? I've become mates with Cancer Paul, who mm-hmm. is in remission, by the way. So we can all breathe a sigh of relief about Good that, stuff. hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but he is a doctor and he's gone, you want to fucking get that checked out. So I made an appointment this morning. Okay. I checked out the NHS. I've almost certainly got it. And this right. is why my nuts all over the place. Right. Fucking so hell. So hopefully, if any luck, once I go and get checked out, I couldn't get an appointment for two weeks. So we'll have to wait an update for that. Well, I mean, even um, so that's I good, will, I will have a, uh, I will get a breathing machine and Do then you- I can take a photo of it. So will you have to go into one of those sleep observation clinic appointments? Quite where possibly. They, where, I read about on the NHS website. They can give you devices to wear in your sleep at home, which will mm. monitor you and then to get the results, but they prefer it if you go in. So I'll be going into a sleep clinic. Clinic. I'll be being observed. Whether or not they will wank me off in my sleep, I don't know if whether that's part of it, but it would seem if, possible. If, if you do it at home, will the uh, machine be able to observe your erections or will your yeah, good wife have to course. do that? No, she won't want to do that. Although I did say to her, I said, listen, if I've got to get one of these machines, she was like, I'll be quite happy about that because it'll stop you snoring. Yeah. And I said, do you think it will have an effect on our sex life? <laughs> and she said, <laughs> she said, you don't have to fucking wear it every time you get into bed, you mad cunt. She said, you don't have to wear it while we're having it off. And oh, I went, no, it's not that. I said, it might just put you off me generally because, like, you'll see me wearing this fucking weird mask like I'm Darth Vader and you'll just never, like, be able to see me as a sexual being ever again. Oh, you'd be like, I want to wear it, though. 
I want to have an office. I want to have an office part man, part machine. Listen, right, when I get this mask, I'm going to tell you now, because it's best we clear this in advance. I get this mask, I want to wear it all the time during sex. <laughs> I, I, I want to wear it, but, but particularly while we're having it off. So start <laughs> getting your head around that, because that, I feel quite strongly about it. There's a special compartment where you put the peanuts in and it just feeds them into you slowly, <laughs> one I by can, one. And, and I can achieve my lifelong dream of munching on peanuts whilst fornicating. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much that means to me. Don't piss Stop on my dreams. dreams. <laughs> you know how much I want peanut sex. Uh, uh. So she hasn't. She said. She said I've. I think she's sort of given me... She indicated that she'd think about it, I, right. but she didn't seem keen. So yeah. um, I don't know what impact it will have on my life. I'll just have to wait and see. But seems well, like I'm going to get it. a mask. Yeah, mm. it's something new to think about, I guess. Yeah, exactly. We're always it's looking a new for new experience. experiences. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thanks, Cancer Paul. Yeah, good one. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, he wrote the song about uh, about Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin. He nicked the lyrics. She, he said, oh, right. she said it in one of her songs. He said, he said, he was Joplin was inspired to write the lyrics after hearing the phrase "candle in the wind." You, oh no, used in tribute to Janis Joplin. I just kept hearing this term, and I thought, what a great way of describing someone's life. Okay, it wasn't nicked off her. He heard people when they were talking about her dying. They kept going, yeah, yeah well. Janis Joplin, yeah, well, she was sort of like, how would I describe her? A candle in the wind, you might say. Fucking hell. That's and, uh, for you. Torpin thought, I'll oh, fucking have that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, they only had six days before the funeral. So yeah, there wasn't time on. really to write, to knock out a brand new song. It was either Candle in the Wind or Now, wasn't it, really? In the they much missed. couldn't do I'm Still Standing. Oh, well, way. you say that. Uh oh! But in the in the in the much rest in the much missed, currently rested, but let's be honest, now of all times, permanently rested. Sam Delaney's news thing. Very much rested now. Yes. I can't remember why we did this. It might have been an anniversary of Diana's death, but we hired an Elton John impersonator, who, by the way, was a right cunt. Who <laughs> like, yeah, all right, yeah, I'm here to do the Elton John thing. Uh, I'll have to be quick because I'm a cabbie, and <laughs> I have to, and I have to get back to work. And he's come in his black cap to the studio Dressed with his Elton John? John costume in the back, in the back of it. Hell. He's parked up. He's coming. He's got changed. He just looked like some cabbie, right? <laughs> and, like just, he looked like he could be Millwall. And he's just like, he's coming, oh, yeah, all right, where do I get changed? In the car seat, all right, fine. I'm used to a bit better than that, but all right. And I thought, fucking hell, this bloke, I think we've got the, a shit impersonator here. But then he's he's transformed himself. He's come out and I thought, fair enough, you look really like Elton John. Yeah. And we put a piano in the studio. And um, I can't remember how we got to this. You know, you you were in the writer's room a lot of the time. The way mm. in which we arrived at ideas was... There, strange there wasn't a tried and trusted methodology for that there wasn't really so I'd got it in my head that we should get this Elton John impersonator to sing <laughs> one of Elton John's songs about Princess Diana but not Candle in the Wind <laughs> probably having the exact same conversation we're having now yeah. I'm probably going I think it's stupid why, why did they have to change an existing song so our good friend the noted novelist and writer soon to have a fantastic new book out called About Sun. Um, but 
obviously these were harder times for him. So Dave Whitehouse, yeah. I said, mate, just simply, mate, it's Sam. Please can you rewrite the lyrics to I'm Still Standing by Elton John, but make it about Princess Diana. And he was like, no problem. No problem. And he did it in less than 24 hours. <laughs> in less than 24 hours, he ruined it. It's on YouTube. I'll share it. And the title of the song was She Was a Lovely Princess. Oh, that's nice. And he changed. So he'd go, so if I'm still standing, it sort of went, she was a lovely princess. So I think it went like that. <laughs> he rewrote the entire song. Every Fucking lyric hell. was about well, Diana. Well, that just proves how easy it is. And maybe the Fucking easy. Topping and I mean, Dave is a very talented writer, but, yeah. you know, I think anyone could have a crack at it. Looking forward to that book, by the way. Lots of good it's, stuff being said it. about it already. I've have read, read it, it and it is... I mean, he's a mate, so it sounds biased, but honestly, it is one of the most fucking moving books I've ever read in my life. Wow. What's it called again? It's called About a Son, and it's, a, yep. you know, briefly, it's a bit bit of a change of tone, but we might as well plug it. It's um, it's about a, a, a lad in Dave's hometown of Nuneaton who was killed one night in a stabbing incident, very random, you know, mm. not gang-related or anything like that. He was just out with his mates, nice lad. Small altercation results in him being stabbed, and then his 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 dad, from the moment it happened, kept a sort of a journal of his thoughts and feelings and and everything to sort of yeah. help him process it. Um, and it was sort of like a diary, but also it was like a sort of an account of the process of grief that you yeah. go through. Hmm. None of which makes this sound like an appealing read, perhaps, but. Through various for various reasons, he ended up coming together with Dave. Dave was interested in the case because he was local, although he didn't know the the kid or the dad. And he sort of took the dad's journal and turned it into a kind of almost like a novelization of the aftermath of a tragedy. Yeah. And that all sounds very bleak, but in terms of like putting you inside the the mind and the soul of someone who's gone through such an extreme experience. It is, I mean, obviously it's sad, but also it's quite moving and in some ways quite uplifting. Anyway. It's all right this to is be sad. So, it's all right to... It's, it is all right you to know, be sad. And it uh, helps you understand some sadness. pretty extreme feelings, really mm. extreme feelings. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is, a, it is a beautiful book. You'll love it. And anyone who buys it will love it. And in fact, we should say this on our free to air episode as well at some point, because it's out in April. Yeah, well, it's the end of April. It's out. I think we'll do we'll do something. We'll talk yeah. about it closer to the time. Uh, I tell yeah. you what, we'll leave it there because we've just done candle in the wind, and the, the, there's more stuff to look at um, regarding the death of. And we and let's and be honest, reactions. we have ruined the tone of the podcast by one minute talking about Dave rewriting the lyrics so I'm still standing, <laughs> and the next talking about the genuine tragic death of a well, young man. So let's just draw a line the, under this. The, the series itself is about a tragic death, so it's fine. It's all yeah, in keeping okay, with yeah. it. And our, all yeah. I'll say is we, we, we still haven't touched upon the Queen yet. So, you know, there's still more to come from this. <laughs> I can't wait for the, <laughs> the moment series. the Queen gets the call. Oh, you are fucking kidding me. <laughs> what? What now? Oh, fucking hell's bells. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll probably look at the reaction of the royals and the the response to the royals from the public next time. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.